0: Well, for once, that opening video matches the film we are talking about, I think, perfectly, Steve. A lasso and a couple of boots and certainly a cowboy hat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here in our Oscars series where we're profiling one uh, picture that has been nominated for Best Picture here um, uh, on the Outlaw Nation. And I am one of your hosts. I'm the Outlaw John Rocha, joined by my cinephile's brother, Steve Morris. How are you, man? I'm doing. I'm doing
1: great, and I'm so excited. You love westerns. I love westerns, and we get to go back to a very, very
0: different kind of western. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one that look. I, I, uh, you know, I remember watching it, and then re- I would watch it again for our conversation, certainly, because I, I just, you know, after a while, you haven't seen a film for a bit, you want to kind of get it in your head and realize where it fits in your mind. I gotta tell you, and I haven't said this because I haven't tweeted about this film at all, and I haven't uh, done a review of it on the channel at all i really enjoyed the movie i know some people said it's slow it's really not for them or whatever but if you're a westerns guy i think there or westerns person i should say i think there's enough beauty in the cinematography here in the movie enough of a story here for you to uh, hold on to and I, and i like the performances all throughout the film that keeps me interested and the subtlety and steve you know we host the cinephiles I think we can go scene by scene through a movie like this and really dissect the symbolism and the messages that are being sent the obsession of stroking leather playing with a hand, with a scarf um the soft supine backs of horses in in inferring homosexuality like this kind of by the way we're two straight men talking about this movie just to make it clear this very interesting uh, approach to this story and i couldn't disagree with sam elliott more i thought that was one of the most pedantic and simplistic ways to dissect this movie ever uh and the idea of holding on to the chaps or holding on to anything other than this is this is a film that explores repressed homosexuality but also overt masculinity and how it can be toxic uh in the world
1: well i you know just to go briefly on the sam elliott thing the idea like he's saying that westerns are this that right that the genre can only encompass one kind of thing as opposed to going the west is an era it's a Mm -hmm. setting and so and this is as much or more of a western than anything i can think of and and what's funny is i think you and i maybe have different Feelings about the movie, but where right. where I know we're going to agree is top to bottom. This is an exceptionally well made film.
0: Yes, and a gorgeous film for sure. Gorgeous. And, and to and to be fair to Sam Elliott, he did support Brokeback Mountain, so he's not saying that homosexuality shouldn't occur in Western films. What he's saying is there's a certain type of a way of approaching homosexuality that he feels should be done in films that are about the West, which I think is very limiting and should not actually be at listen to or adhere to in any way shape or form uh but let's get into a little bit of the specifics here for this one this is directed by jane campion who is nominated for uh best director and a lot of people feel as an odds-on favorite to possibly win come sunday it is based on a book by thomas savage which i think he wrote back in the 1960s mm-hmm. uh if i'm not in 1967 i think called the power of the dog and apparently this has been around for quite some time trying to make this novel into a movie and it finally happened with Jane Campion shooting it in New Zealand, her native New Zealand. This one's starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, uh, Cody Smith-McPhee, Thomason McKenzie in a small role really and uh great to see Keith Carradine and Francis Conroy popping into this thing who I hadn't seen in a little bit as well and of course telling the story of two brothers here and how one brother goes off to get married to Kirsten Dunst as Jesse Plemons and he has she has a son from a previous marriage um and he is he is a studying fathering his father's footsteps uh being a doctor is he gay or not? I don't know. Or homosexuality. It's not really stressed. But then eventually we do find out that uh, Jesse Plymouth's brother is played by Benedict Cumberbatch. That's uh, Peter. I believe he's the one who has repressed his homosexuality and has a very strong connection. Uh, or Phil, I'm sorry. Phil has repressed his uh, his homosexuality and has a very strong connection to a former mentor of the two brothers called Bronco Henry. And we see how this plays out and how this coming together of two different families – uh causes uh, so much pain and anguish um and eventually a tragic ending uh overall well, tragic depending on your point of view i suppose yeah. uh overall so steve um looking back on the film now when you, can you give us your overall thoughts on the movies you as you think about it and we talk about it here on the show
1: so i mean i think that from the beginning to the end you feel that you are in such a sure hand the the mm-hmm. pace yes the pace is really slow the performances are spectacular. They're yeah. amazing performances. Cinematography is gorgeous. It wasn't a world I liked to be in, and I think that's sort of the is that is it a really good movie? Absolutely. Do I feel like watching it again? You know, you watched it twice. I don't. No. I won't watch this again for years. Not because it isn't good, <laughs> but because I didn't enjoy it. You know,
0: okay. like that's that's really the, the thing experience for me. overall is what you're saying. You didn't enjoy the experience overall exactly yeah yeah well no it was
1: a very not just that i didn't enjoy the experience i was so uncomfortable i mean like (laughs) like from the beginning to the end it was i mean like there's the you know the opening where we first meet kirsten dunst and we go to the place where she you know kind of runs the inn and she's serving Mm -hmm. people and all of the behavior from benedict cumberbatch who was fantastic in the film yeah all of the behavior makes me you know my my shoulders are up i'm just like oh my god this is so painful (laughs) and difficult for me to watch so i don't like that experience you know what it is you know what i think part there's a weird uh, and this is gonna sound like a totally strange uh metaphor but i don't like the embarrassment movies so you know the like the the classic ben stiller sort of i'm in an extremely awkward embarrassing situation I feel that I feel so embarrassed. That it's hard for me to enjoy it and even though this isn't that in a in a funny way i had a similar sort of like i'm so uncomfortable in what's going on right now <laughs> Like i'm really not happy
0: but you know it's really really yeah. good <laughs> yeah what you're telling me is you're not a curb your enthusiasm guy is what it sounds like you're telling me it's not no, really well, And in particular i cannot handle the british
1: office the british office oh. i can't well i've watched like three episodes and i'm and i'm like nope
0: nope can't be here <laughs> it's too hard on me i'm good i'm good i'm good yeah but you mentioned I, I will say this um for me this film really works and uh i and i agree with you it's such a sure hand from jane yeah. campy and it's one of the most gorgeous westerns i've ever seen i mean i think it has shades of um the assassination of jesse james by the coward yes. robert ford in its languid pace in its mm-hmm. subtlety in its be- in its taking advantage of the beautiful uh landscapes of the west and the way it's shot and yes i know it's shot in new zealand but it feels like it's shot in the american west which is really of, of the yesteryear which is really incredible to witness um and, I, and again mentioning the performances Cumberbatch, there's something about his voice. I mean, initially with his voice, I wasn't a hundred percent down. That's so funny to me because that seems to be the prevalent thing with Benedict Cumberbatch. I listen to that voice, and I'm like, okay, am I in? Am I out? Am I in? I'm out? And then eventually, I'm in. I felt that way about Doctor Strange as well. His American voice sometimes, but he's gotten better, I think, with the accent as he's done it more and more. I feel it's more natural as he works on it for sure uh but I liked his presence in the movie and yes it's unsettling they over and Steve you know this is a director sometimes the foley or the sound editing of the boots hitting the ground as he walks it makes it feel like this menacing ominous thing that's coming out of any room or coming into any room then the whistling um and then of course the change and it's such an odd moment and of course there's going to be spoilers in this just telling you right now the odd change in him when um Phil catches him or sorry when Peter catches him out there uh, catches his men's nude magazines catches him with the scarf but that he's been masturbating with captures him out there in the water all of a sudden a turn happens from when he had been persecuting yeah. uh the young kid now he's guiding the young kid and in a way becoming bronco henry himself so where was the source of the anger initially and why did it turn instead of becoming even more angry at the young kid he in- he ends up becoming his mentor in a way and of course possibly which a lot of people speculated the kid kills him to save his mom so uh, what do you think about this relationship as it well, progresses and as Cumberbatch portrays his character in the film.
1: Well, you really have spoiled the stuff, so now I don't have to worry about...
0: No, about, I mean, yeah. I mean it <laughs> for a few months now. If you're watching okay. this without yeah, yeah.
1: So so the first thing is, is I didn't expect any of those things. The, yeah. The, that there are a lot of movies where I irritatingly will, would reach a, learn a, lean over to Karen and say, this is going to happen next. And, <laughs> and, and I'm frequently right. This movie, I didn't know any of these things were going to happen, and yet yeah. it is all perfectly set up. I mm-hmm. think your description of Cumberbatch's character of being a presence mm-hmm. is so key to the movie because every time he walked into the room, the room changed. Yes, know? and this is both his performance and also, as you said, the sound design, the way mm-hmm. it was directed, all of the other actors in the room. Um, I think, and I think what was so interesting was that when you discover that oh, he had this Bronco, whatever his name is, that that oh, yeah, bro- that was Henry. a relationship, and all that stuff is that you take what you know about him and it flips everything in a different direction is that Mm -hmm. suddenly it's, it's not that the behavior before didn't make sense. It's now it makes sense in a new way. You go, Oh, and and the thing too is because of that shift that you talked about, once he kind of changes with Peter and is being nice to him and he's making the lasso or whatever it is that he's making for him. I didn't trust it. I was like, is he going to turn? Is he luring him in to destroy him? Is he Mm. and what's and there's so and again, there's so much ambiguity in here that I can't really know Well, And even things like um, Kirsten Dunst, who's also fantastic in the film. Yeah, Yeah. like her alcoholism and like how that's handled a it comes. I mean, that's not a direction I thought this movie was going to go in at all. And it is Mm. also extremely painful and difficult, you know, Mm. to watch.
0: Yeah, and you wonder about it too, Steve, what brings on the alcoholism? Is it because she fears her son? Obviously, well, I think the alcoholism initially starts because of Phil's presence, but also how quickly, um, uh, 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 geez, Jesse Plemons, how quickly George is trying to move her up the social strata when she had been you know, with a doctor and had been playing the piano for cinema. That was yeah. the extent of her life now here comes george scoops her up you know i imagine the brothers business is very lucrative so they have connections with where the the, is it the mayor or the governor comes to their governor yeah the governor comes to their house to have dinner that's high in the social strata back then i mean and now obviously but back then too uh so for her uh to be a part and you see she's so uncomfortable in that situation. And George is trying to make her play the piano and George, and she George leaves her there to make small talk as if it's not a big deal to George, because George doesn't understand that like for other people, this is an issue for him. It's so natural. It's not a big deal, but for her, it is an issue. And he kind of abandons her in certain ways uh, throughout the movie. And then when Phil and Peter start developing their relationship, is she, is her alcoholism increasing because she fears Phil, hurting her son or she feels losing her son to to another person to a man here or does she does she know her or does she suspect her son is a homosexual and now even more so fears that phil might influence him to become even more of a homosexual or follow that path which could cause more pain to him down the road so there's a number of things that are working here in my mind when i watch this journey as it progresses through the movie that i that i thoroughly enjoyed being unaware of or being like being challenged by to consider as it was going along.
1: What's so interesting about it is that the George relationship, I don't remember with Kirsten Dunst's character, uh, uh Rose, George and Rose. Yeah, Rose. Mm-hmm. It's such a lovely relationship. And it, yes. it, it feels so romantic. And you I really love how George is car at the beginning of the film is kind of carving out a different path from Phil. Like yeah. you get the sense that they were very together when they began this business and when they were back, you know, in in the day and that now he's decided, okay, I, I don't want to be the cowboy guy. I want to dress a little bit different. I want to find love, I want things to be romantic. I'm like, Oh, this is going really great. And then George is so ridiculously insensitive to yeah. what's going on with Rose. I mean, forcing her to play the piano, what it is so painfully obvious yeah. that she doesn't want to do it. And he just is oblivious yeah. To what's happening with her, and then it's so. And he, you know, I mean, he becomes aware of the growing alcoholism, but then, and I, I, I think it's just a downward spiral. I think Phil starts mm-hmm. the spiral because yeah. she. I mean, can you imagine being brought in to live in the house with Phil?
0: Yeah, you know? right. Who, as we said earlier, such a presence that can influence you if you don't have a, a steely enough resolve as George has. Phil can influence you and overwhelm you. And even more so we find out, Steve, later because Phil is actually supremely intelligent and was knowledgeable knowledgeable about all these other things. So clearly his homosexuality has caused him to put on this exterior of manliness to cover up what was once a supremely intelligent, educated man. Um, Maybe there was a shame there that he's hiding there behind all his rough exterior and, and this desire of not wanting to clean up you know, for, to be part of a more established society.
1: I I think there's no question in my mind that there's shame there. And the, you know, that mix of, because as he reveals his intelligence, yeah, I mean, you knew he was powerful from the beginning, but like, there's the moment where she's struggling to play the piano and then he plays the same thing that she's trying to play, I think on a banjo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he does it way better, Yeah, way better. And it's just like, that is such a fuck you and it, well and the thing is too when the yeah. person who is acting as low class as possible yeah. suddenly shows this level of education and all these things that he does throughout the film that is a real is a real power game that he's playing yeah. and, and 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 i think too it's like i don't think anyone could live in that house with phil and not be affected by him you know what i mean yeah. cuz he's just yeah. such there's so much anger and pain there and what's interesting too is the uh is the character of peter who seems so frail at the beginning and you feel so yeah and then Uh, you start to realize like oh no there's there's a whole thing going on with this guy as well you know yeah it's a fascinating movie
0: as soon as he dissects the bunny everything seems to change in your perception of him and what he's capable of and what he's willing to do here in a situation and as we said I mean Cody Smith does a really nice job as an actor in this movie and seeing the switches and you're right both both like a, a, uh he seems to come off as for lack of a better term in using the Western a dandy he seems to come off as yeah. a dandy in the film but in fact he's got a way stronger interior than you might anticipate And when they're getting closer, Phil and Peter, there's that exchange where Phil tells Peter, oh, my father was afraid that I was too strong. And Peter kind of scoffs and says, too strong, as if he himself has been a victim, ironically, of judging a book by its cover when he himself has put on a different cover than the actual book inside. So a very interesting switch in terms. And then by the end, when he does what he does, Steve, we got to talk about that. Do you believe he kills Peter on purpose in order to save his mother and her growing alcoholism and save that relationship between Rose and George?
1: I 100% think he kills it's Phil. I think Phil on purpose.
0: Sorry, Phil. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I 100% think that's what the movie is telling us.
0: Yeah, Peter yeah. kills Phil yeah. on purpose. Yeah, with yes. anthrax because he doesn't anthrax, tell him yeah. the hide was from a dead animal. Yep. He's making the rope. Yeah. And the smile and remember he handles the lasso with gloves as he puts it under his bed which kind of infers that he knows the danger of that lasso so are we seeing in some random tangent the birth of a a western serial killer i mean i don't know how do you feel
1: how do you feel well this is the thing in my mind well that you that is certainly an interpretation there's also the you know i'm trapped with a monster who will destroy us all I, the only way to get rid of him is to kill him, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, what's interesting too, I think is that this explodes. There, there's so much about masculinity and uh-huh. homosexuality and what those things mean. And I think, and, and, and strength and weakness and the, the uh, historical and ridiculous association between masculinity and strength and femininity yeah. and weakness or homosexuality. And weakness. This explodes all of that. Yeah, this yeah. this is going. No, 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 no. Those those definitions are far too simplistic. There's <laughs> people. People are way more complicated. They're they, yeah. you know that that those things don't line up at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, we, and look, look. that's true in life, right? We all know the big guy who can wilt at the sound of gunfire or wilt at the sound of, um, uh, you know, uh, violence. Uh, and we all know the skinny, scrappy kid like captain america i can do this all day we all there are the it's the it's you, you always measure the heart of the person in the fight not the overall exterior um because you just never know what a person is willing to do and certainly um uh he was willing to kind of put himself in a position here to to peter was to to uh kill phil and i think you might be right maybe this is more a matter of like he did what he had to do maybe even played up and that scene where they're sharing the cigarette Mm -hmm. is that in a way peter like luring phil into his trap Uh, maybe peter's not even homosexual at all or to him sexuality is irrelevant for him to use it so i mean there's a way to make an argument that he is possibly in the early stages of being a serial killer in the dexter format in that he's killing the people that he thinks deserve to die uh as opposed to a serial killer who is just killing out of a random desire to work something out within himself um and remember he finds his father uh an alcoholic father who killed himself so there's the idea of dealing with death is not something difficult for him to confront um and so and and it's not an accident i also think at the end of the film that he's not around for um when phil is is heading off to the hospital heading off to the doctor and wants to give him the lasso peter willingly keeps himself away from phil so as to not like give any kind of um evidence or make it seem as if he might be guilty of killing uh phil in the end which i think is really interesting and powerful as you said twists and turns here you don't see coming which makes the film for me an enjoyable experience for sure and i and I will absolutely go back and watch this a few more times. I might even buy this thing when it gets on Criterion because I just, the beauty of the film, and let's talk about that real quick uh, here. Real, I know we mentioned John, Jane Campion a few times here, but Steve, overall, as a director, what do you really appreciate about what she was able to do with this movie?
1: Such a sure hand. I mean, it, it, part of it, it's, it's funny, it's kind of something we said when we were talking about Drive My Car, is mm. it takes a lot of confidence to go that slow, particularly in today's world, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. that she is... And this is what's so interesting is it's not spoon feeding you a plot. It's Mm -hmm. not saying, I mean, yes, you see what the conflict is, but you don't have a sense of where the movie is going and she's just allowing it to develop in its own pace. I think that shows tremendous confidence. I think the look of the film obviously is incredible. The design of the film is just beautiful. And she really lets her actors. I'd be very curious to see how she works with actors my guess yeah. is that she gives them a lot of freedom you know yeah. that's my guess like i got great actors go ahead you know yeah
0: I, you know i i agree with you steve as we're, we're going to reiterate this again such a sure hand as a director it's clear she knew how she wanted to shoot this film it, it's, it's pretty obvious that she knew exactly how she wanted to tell this story i love the way she uses long distance shots the kind of um we've seen in westerns through doorways from behind from from farther away the way she shoots the panorama of the scenery the way she moves the camera in close the way she tracks with the camera especially when um rose is trying to give the hides to uh, to uh, to the native american i think it's adam Beach actually in a small Hmm. role there uh, rolling up to try to give him the hides um i love the way the camera moves across with her so To me, I really enjoyed the placement and the movement of the cameras, the shots, the angles, the beauty and the lighting, the look of it, the cinematography, all of it really captures uh, the West. And I was able to lose myself in the film, even the shots in darkness and in light, you know, when when uh, when uh, Phil is in darkness uh, doing the things that he's doing um, and when he's more coming into light, especially when he shows up to the um, the dinner there with the governor and everything and has his back and forth with everybody. It's such an interesting approach, for sure. And I love that each character is distinctly directed to be—it's your own unique thing right. within the panorama of this entire film. And it can't can't be now. I'm uh, you know if if if, uh, if um I now I feel even more strongly that she probably will win despite any kind of gaffs that she's made verbally with the Williams sister situation. I, I don't know how you can deny that she should be either her or Steven Spielberg should win Best Director in my opinion. Uh, for uh, the Oscars and, let, and let's and let's get into that, Steve. Next, let's talk about sure. uh, what it's nominated for. What you think it has the uh, the best possibility? It's nominated. It, it, it's nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Benedict Cumberbatch, Best Supporting Actor for both Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee, Best Supporting Actress for Kirsten Dunst, Adapted Screenplay for Jane Campion, Cinematography for Ari Wegner, Best Filmmaking for Peter Severus, uh, Best Original Score for Johnny Greenwood. We haven't even talked about the score, which I thought was great. Uh, Best Production Design, uh, and Best Sound. So where do you see it winning its Oscars here, Steve, of the, um, what, 11 categories it was nominated for?
1: It's funny. Something that you and I were talking about right before we went on camera is, man, this is a really good year. It really is. I, You know, like, you and I both had issues with Don't Look Up, but... But there's so many good performances. There's so much great cinematography. There are a bunch of good yeah. scores. Like it, it's a tough. It's actually a really tough year. Uh, yeah. My feeling, like I really think that Will Smith is the person. You know, he has best actor to lose. Yeah. I think yeah. it's not that. It's not that all the other performances are really good. But I think it's Will Smith's year. So in that yeah. one, I think um, in supporting role. They're both really good performances. I, there's a there's a thing that frequently happens, which is if you have two people nominated yeah. from the same film, it might cancel them out. And I still think Troy Kotsur is the, I mean, that's
0: the most unique one. Um, yeah. What else, what, what What do you think? But, uh, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it's got, I think I, I, you know, I'm in the best picture camp for this one. I think it's gonna win best picture. I think uh, odds are that Jane Campion will win best director. I do think Will Smith and Night Cumberbatch will win best actor. I do think Troy Kotsur as well, and I also think Ariana DeBose um, will right. uh, uh, win out over Kristen Dunst. Best Adapted Screenplay—it's tough uh, for that one, Steve. I just feel like maybe this, maybe too many people don't know this uh, film as well, and may or this original book, and may not give it its credits uh, overall for winning Best uh, Screenplay. I think it has a very great shot at cinematography. Um, I think the Dune score is pretty much going to win, but if this slid in there and won best score i would not be surprised um as opposed to production design i mean i think it's a gorgeous production design but i don't know if that's the one that i anticipate winning or even best sound to be honest with you what do you think about the editing do you think this one has best film editing possibilities here
1: so uh in terms of editing i would say no and the reason. Like I it, it, there's a balance frequently between the power of the cinematographer and the power of the editor. And if mm-hmm. you asked the cinematographer and the editor before the film, what do you want? The cinematographer would tend to go, "I want." long shots and tr-, you know where everything plays in one, and the yeah. editor would go, "Give me lots of coverage so I can really <laughs> cut up the film and do whatever I want." And that's sort of this tension. I think that Jane Campion put the camera in the right place and let mm. the scene play out. And because of that, I go, This is not as much of an editor's movie, you know, this is a cinematographer's movie. So that that that's where I kind of wouldn't give it in terms of editing, as opposed to I don't think it'll win, but tick tick boom, when Ugh. you do a musical, you're gonna shoot that song from a whole bunch of different angles. And then and, and you think of particularly tick tick boom that which I really like, that goes yeah. it's all over the place in terms of how you know, moving in and out of reality and back and forth in time and singing and not singing, all this stuff. That's yeah. an editor's movie. You know, that's yeah. really getting good A Made in Post. I think production design is a ridiculously difficult one. Yeah. <laughs> My vote is still Macbeth because yeah. I think it's the most unique there's no yeah. other movie. It's so theatrical. There's nothing else that looks like it. But I mean, come on. West Side Story looks amazing. You can't yes. argue with any. You know, Guillermo del Toro should always be nominated for production yeah. design. Dune oh, is right. amazing looking. And Power of the I mean, they're all really great. I, how do you pick?
0: You know? Yeah, I know. I wonder if it's going to be a default thing, you know, uh, where they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Power of the Dog. Why not? I voted for Best Picture. It must have Best Production Design. Uh, we shall see. Um, All right. Any final words, uh, Steve, on this film? As we wrap up this discussion, our longest discussion to date on any of Hmm. these best picture nominees. So certainly this uh, speaks volumes about how much there was to explore and discuss within this movie. Any final thoughts here?
1: Well, I'm just really curious. You know, it's like, do you, do you vote for the movie that, that they're all such really well-made movie. And to me, it's like, how many people are really going to feel like me and admire it but not like it as much that's really the big question
0: you know it's a good question i agree uh i think for me i'm even more secure that i think it's going to win best picture i think code is a phenomenal picture and i enjoy the hell out of it but the artistry and the technical level of direction here in this film it deserves an oscar and so i think it will absolutely win uh best picture at the end of the day i know my compatriot jeff snyder would disagree because he's like Uh, that's not it. Oscar voters just go, which film did you like? That's the one they vote for. I think there's much more involved here. That's not true.
1: I don't think that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Just just a little crazy. I love him for that though. Um, All right. Well, there we go. That's our discussion here on the power of the dog. Thank you all so much for watching this video. Thanks to everyone who's been watching this series. Sorry. We took a day off yesterday. Both of us were extremely busy. Me really, I could not find the time. Uh, Steve was very kind to offer some time, but I could not find the time yesterday to set up time. So we're going to we're dropping a couple of these in a row. We'll drop them all four of them here as we head into Sunday for the, uh, uh, the ceremony for the Oscars. So thank you very much, Steve. Thanks again, brother. We'll see each other again for a few more of these. And please let people know where they can find you and what you got going on.
1: They can find me at SR Morris on Twitter, SR Morris1 on Instagram. Uh, The Cinephiles, we're in the midst of Do the Right Thing, and it is coming out a little bit late because both you and I have been so busy. So I'm editing that. (laughs) And of course, Enterprise Incidents for Star Trek.
0: There you go. Uh, and as for me, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and Instagram, as you see down there on TikTok and The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. Please subscribe to the channel down below. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell button so you see when we're dropping all the content we do here on The Outlaw Nation channel. And uh, we'll talk to you next time with another episode here of this Oscar series on The Outlaw Nation for another Best Picture nominee. Y'all take care of yourselves until then. Peace.